Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Thinking About Food. This episode is episode three. Um, it's been a little bit of a while since I've done a one. I think it's been a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, so I'm pretty keen to get back onto it. Um, I don't want to don't want to stop. I'm pretty notorious for starting doing exciting things and then not carrying them on. But uh, I, you know, I've been enjoying doing this. I've been getting some good feedback. Um, you know, so I want to carry on. I've been, you know, naturally, I've been pretty busy. It's been summertime in the hotel. You know, I live in Devon and work in a hotel. I'm a head chef. So naturally, I get a lot of um, uh, what's tourism. You know, there's a lot of tourists down at this time of year. So we're like super busy um, with that and also with my private work as well. You know, I've had a fair few jobs on throughout summer now, which, is, um, which has been great. Um, but yeah, it just means I've been struggling to find time to sit back and relax and do some podcasts. But um, but we're back for another episode. And talking about private dinners, I've been struggling to think about what the next subject will be. And I thought, well, I might as well talk to you guys about what I do in the private chefing world and give you guys a bit of an insight, maybe help other chefs out if you want to go do it yourself, um, you know, and help out, uh, you know, if you're a customer and you, and you want you want someone to come along and cook you dinner and cook for your occasion or whatever it is um, and how to go about that because there's not a great deal of information out there and I, I was fairly surprised when I started doing this, the amount of people I talk to that don't know what it is and don't know what it entails, you know, so, you know, maybe because I'm in the industry, I know a bit more about it. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't too much of a surprise to me. It just I was, what was a surprise was that I was able to do it so quickly. Um, I thought it was kind of more of a luxury end thing to do, but we'll, we'll talk about that in more detail in a moment. Um, another thing that I thought about doing is adding to my podcast is adding different segments in that we can sort of have a bit more of a repetition going on. Um, so what I thought of adding in, which is sort of a spin-off from my first episode, which I talked about seasonal and local produce, is doing a seasonal segment. Every episode, um, you know, I'm kind of doing an episode once a week at the minute. Um, so every episode, every week, um, we talk about, sorry, coffee is needed. Um, we talk about, um, you know, a few things that are in season at this week in time or this month in time. And, uh, we'll talk about maybe, you know, a th- what I like to use. Uh, maybe give you guys some recipes or some ideas. So again, I'm going to go on to, I'm just going onto a site now called um, Eat the Seasons, which is a fantastic site. I use all the time when I'm um, writing my own menus um, because it will basically list everything in your country. Uh, th- well, I say in your country, this is English, but I, I guess there's other versions of these, but you know, for the British version that I use, um, it'll list everything from fruit, vegetables, meat, fish, that are in season this month and it will keep changing and it will I'll have like seasonal food of the day of the week blah 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 so we're just going through i mean you know the list is ridiculously long because we're in the middle of summer you know this is the height of when all sorts of things are, are grown and you know whatnot and, and harvested so um you know we'll talk about a few of my favorite ones um if we go i mean we must talk about I suppose, in fruit. We have to talk about strawberries and raspberries. I mean, because at the moment, they're phenomenal. English strawberries, you just cannot beat them. And um, I despise anybody that buys strawberries at any other point of the year that isn't now, because the difference is amazing. Um, I I bought some strawberries and raspberries for a private job the other day, and naturally, as I'm prepping away in the kitchen, I was trying them. Um, I had a little little nibble, and um, they're just... uh, they're just so much better this time of year. It's it's crazy. The flavor is like times ten, um, and they're just they're so great. I, you know, I made a raspberry sorbet not long ago, and the 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 flavor you get off that is like getting punched in the face by a raspberry. It's unreal. So you know, 
Look out for those in supermarkets at the moment. With the you're looking for the Great British flag stuck on them um, because they're just going to be so good. Um, another one I want to talk about is blackberries actually because I, there's a little walk I do, not every day because I'm pretty lazy, but uh, you know maybe fifty percent of the week I walk to work and I walk um, down this sort of bridle path goes past a lovely cricket club and uh, there's like these bushes all the way down the side, and at the moment there's all these blackberries just. Uh, popping up out of nowhere and it's great there's so many of them i i plan to this week hopefully start picking them because there is hundreds um you can tell there's so many more to come where they're the little green versions of them before they sort of bloomed out um so i'm really super excited to pick them and you know you guys if you live in the countryside especially go out for walks they are everywhere this time of year but it's a very short window this is the this is the point um you know is is have a look around when you're going for walks because wild blackberries are just they're rife, you know, they're just this crazy. So, you know, and they taste phenomenal as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to pick those. I've, I'm kind of, I'm not sure. I've been thinking every day I've been walking past them, what am I going to cook with you? And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100% yet. There's lots of ideas I've got. I really want to make an ice cream. Um, I think that'd be really good. Maybe a blackberry ripple ice cream. That'd be really cool. Um, and obviously like a good apple and blackberry pie would be nice for dessert or crumble. Um, and also maybe I'm just going to pick some and freeze some down in the, um, and just keep them because in a couple of months time, we're getting full into the swing of game season, um, which will be, which blackberries go with, um, venison really amazingly. Uh, to be honest, they go with a lot of game, that really sort of tart fruit goes really nicely. It cuts through that really gamey flavor. So, you know, I'll probably freeze down a, a few of them to use later on in the year. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's vegetables. We, we pick up. Let's have a look. Let's have a look through the list. Let's maybe get some meat involved in here, or some fish. I mean, fish is just there's just all sorts of fish available at the moment. Summertime and the English coast is just great. Um, uh, I don't know what one here. One that's in season at the moment is monkfish. That's a very good uh, big favorite fish of mine. Um, I once did a dish a long time ago. It wasn't my dish. It was, a, it was another chef that I worked with. But um, I, I learned it off him. And I've cooked it since. And it's really good. It's monkfish bourguignon. Which is basically the same as the beef version. But uh, we're using monkfish. But we did a really, really cool thing. Where you poach um, a monkfish tail in um, in red wine. Uh, and when, once it's cooked, you take it out and you slice it up. And like in the, in the middle is you know that beautiful white opaque flesh. Um, stained red on the outside and it creates a really cool look and it looks really really nice and that was that was sort of poached like that and served with like sauteed like pancetta and baby button mushrooms and then like a red wine reduction it was really really good really nice so that's that's a pretty cool dish you could uh, try out yourself um, but there's tons of fish you know all the all the prawns and scallops and things like that are, are well in season now as well. And crab especially, you know, that's uh, that's everywhere down here in Devon. You go to the seaside, everyone's doing crab sandwiches and or dressed crab salad, you know. I, I love it. Crab is amazing. It has such a great sweet flavour. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, that's cool. Um, and vegetable-wise, I mean, you know, I, I know vegetables myself because of the veg farm that I use very regularly. I stay in contact with them and, you know, have a good time. Um... One of the ones they posted the other day, which I've been getting in, is pak choy. Is their own pak choy, or some people call it bok choy, um, which is just f so lovely. It looks it looks really pretty. I've you know for those those of you who don't know what it is, I'm I'm not sure what you can describe it as. Maybe it's it's like a Chinese kind of lettuce or Chinese cabbage kind of thing. Um, it works either in salad, 
really well. It's really crunchy, um, really fresh tasting, almost a bit peppery. Um, but also, like I love to saute it just only slightly, not overcooking it, just sauteing it up, maybe with some onions and peppers. You know, I do that currently at work uh, with some slow cooked pork belly um, and sticky rice and satay sauce. That's that's really, really nice. But yeah, pak choy is really good at the moment. Um, you can find that. Um, and most supermarkets will do it. It's just you have to look a bit. It's not, they're not, you know, they won't be in the smaller ones for sure. Um, and the other big one at the moment is sweet corn. Obviously, sweet corn, corn season is in, um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's fairly uh, common in England. I mean, more so obviously in America and Canada. I, when I went to Canada a couple of years ago, it was just, you could just see cornfields for as far as the eye can see. It was crazy. But, um, you know, you do get it here. I remember back home in a little village used to, um, like I grew up in when I was a kid, we used to go run into the cornfields um, as kids and go and play Pac-Man or hide and seek and things like that. It was crazy. But, you know, I remember seeing those big things. They were just so massive, like way taller than you, especially as a kid. Maybe not now. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, sweet corn's well in season. I just, I to be honest, I, I, this, obviously people do different things with sweet corn. But one of the things I just don't think you can beat is a nice fresh corn on the cob, freshly boiled, and then once I boiled it in a pan, I pour the water out, leave it in the pan, and put the lid on the pan, drop a knob of butter in there, some loads of salt, pepper, some nice smoked paprika, and some garlic powder, and then just shake the pan, like with the lid on, just bash it around, get it all coated in that, and then just eat it straight out of the pan. Like, that is just amazing. You just can't beat that. Sweet corn is a phenomenal vegetable. Um... And also, it's a good one for get your kids to eat. You know, if 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 you're struggling to get your kids to eat vegetables, sweet corn's pretty up there because most kids like it because it's sweet. Um, but yeah, so that ends the seasonal segment. I think I think we'll kind of do this every podcast. We'll pick a few items that are in season, so you guys are a bit more aware of what you can buy, um, what you can eat, um, and then what you can do with them. Um, and yeah, and also just, yeah, just to make you a bit more aware about it. And it's just a bit interesting. You know, I, I love finding out about seasonal food. I think it's cool. But, uh, yeah, so we'll do that every week. But now we'll move on to the actual main subject of this, uh, podcast of episode three, which will be about all about being a private chef or private dining. Um, so, you know, as I said earlier, one thing I was very surprised at when I started, uh, when I started doing this and telling my friends and family and stuff like that, you know, people didn't know what it was, you know, or what it entailed. So, you know, I'll, I'll fill you in on that. But um, so essentially, uh, what it is is that if you decide that you're having, you know, if you're having an occasion, so like a birthday or an anniversary or something like that, and you're having a dinner party at home with your friends and family. Um, but you don't want to cook, you know, you want someone else to come and do that because it is the most annoying thing. Like if you're hosting a dinner party, it's great. You know, it's a great experience, but you know, you're the one that's running around stressing, making sure all the foods, you know, the timings are correct. And you're trying to talk to people. And by the end of the night, everyone's gone and you haven't spoke to anyone. And, um, you know, you know, it's very frustrating, you know, you don't get time to do that. So, you know, the point is, is that you can hire in a chef not only, like, so if you hire me in, not only will I turn up and cook your food, I will bring my food with me. You know, I will go, I will, you know, so basically I'll run you through how it works. It is that someone will book me. Um, how they book me, we'll go into in a minute. Um, but uh, I will then phone them and we will discuss a menu. We'll discuss how many people it's for. Um, what kind of a menu you like, you know, at the end of the day, I want you to have the experience that you want 
um, and I want it to be perfect. I'm not going to be there and start throwing menus at you and ideas at you because you might not like it and we'll be here for ages. So the best thing is to you know gauge from you what you want and then I can construct a menu out of that and we can go back and forth until we find the right thing. Um, and then essentially I go out, I buy all the ingredients, I turn up to your house um, probably a couple hours before, prep everything, allow you to sit down, relax, just sort yourself drinks and um, I'll serve you however many courses you've booked. Um, and then at the end I'll clean down, leave your kitchen probably cleaner than you leave it and then go home. Um, so, you know, that's essentially it in a, in a nutshell. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, I know what you're thinking, as I said a minute ago, is, is how do you go around booking this? You know, obviously, you know, how do, we don't know you, Joe, so how, how do we book anyone else in our area? Well, there's plenty of agencies around. This is how I started out, is I joined an agency. I saw, basically, a uh, I saw an agency advertised on Facebook, I think it was, and I thought, well, you know, let's check them out, see what they're about. So, oh, you know, you can hire a chef. That's really cool. And then it said, oh, you know, we, we're, we're hiring. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll send them an email, see what they say. And basically, I, I created an account on there. I created some menus, uploaded photos, things like that. And then basically, you put your availability. Um, and then the general populace and, you know, customers and clients can just go onto this site if they want to hire someone and you know they go they put their dates in they put their location in and then it will come up with a load of menus and chefs that are in that area and available on that day and then they pick you to come and do your food so that's essentially what i've been doing and you know and actually like most clients that i've been getting when i ring them they they sort of go oh well so we were looking at your social media and we would notice you you did this because they do vet you you know they look they go okay right well i kind of like this menu or i kind of like this guy or or girl and you know they go right okay let's check them out on instagram let's check them out here let's find out where they work you know people are like this you know so they they you know you've got to make sure you're remain a professional um sort of profile online but um yeah people will do that um, you know, and that, that, that helps towards you getting booked and it'll help you as a customer to work out who you want. If you want the right person that fits your style, that fits, you know, what you're looking for that evening. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's essentially it. I mean, you know, I'm with one agency, but there is plenty of other, um, agencies out there. There's, there's loads. So, you know, you can, you can just Google them, um, and, and stuff like that. But that, I mean, that's essentially it. I mean, there's not really much else... That, you know much else to it really um i think one thing we should probably talk about is is money is pricing is is cost because i think a lot of people um that do know about this whole hiring yourself a private chef you assume that it's something super expensive it's for the rich it's for the famous you know it's an exclusive thing but realistically it isn't you know i you know I, the clients that i get are, are very varied of course there is a hiring clients of course i get to go to some amazing houses and amazing locations but you know i cook for the normal people i cook for you know just your regular everyday person because um you know if you guys don't realize that it doesn't actually have to cost that much because if you think about how much it would cost you to go out buy all these ingredients then spend all day cooking prepping you know and then and then doing it at home um you know or vice versa if you went out for a meal you know if there was 10 of you family members around 10 of you went out for a meal you know three course meal in a decent restaurant is going to cost you 50 quid a head you know most likely or close to it with drinks anyway you know so like me personally at the moment i offer 50 pounds a head for a free course meal which i don't think is too bad some people offer less some people offer more it depends what you want out of it you know i i mine is 50 as a minimum but 
in my eyes, I don't think that's a lot because one, you're not spending money on drinks. You know, you can buy your own drinks or use your drinks that you've got in your house. Um, you know, and it's a similar cost to a decent free course meal, you know, and also you're getting the service, you're getting your kitchen clean for you. Um, you know, you get to sit back, relax, enjoy yourself and talk to your friends and family. So, you know, realistically, um, you know, if you look through these places, you know, and these agencies and stuff like that, it's really not expensive and it's really doable. So, you know, it's a great thing. Um, and also when we're talking about seasonal food is that a lot of chefs, you know, are like me, they love seasonal, they love local um, so, you know, you get to learn a little bit more about that because you get a chef that comes to your very own house and you get to actually talk to them. You know, I get often people sort of sit with me in the kitchen and ask me questions and I'm absolutely happy to answer them. I mean, maybe not every chef is, but they, you know, every chef that comes to you should expect some, you know, form or variant of conversation that has to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's not the same as working in a kitchen in a pub or a restaurant or a hotel because, you know, you actually have to interact with people. And that's why I really like it because you get to, I get to meet lots of different people all the time. And you as a client get to meet different, you know, you get to meet a new person, like a new chef. Sometimes I bring waiters, you get to bring them, you know, you're welcoming them into your house for a few hours, you know. So, you know, it's important to get to know them and you you might learn a lot yourself. So overall, I think it's a really great experience. This is why I'm doing it, not just for myself, but to, to help clients out. So, um, you know, I would definitely advise you next time, you know, you have something or an occasion or a birthday or something like that coming up, do it because it's just really cool. It's a really cool experience or get it for someone as a, as a present, you know, you can book it as, as a present for someone, um, you know, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, I mean, essentially that's what I do private chefing wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you ever want to contact me, get at me on my uh, website, which is um, joedibley.com. Um, I has a contact form on there, which will send me an email. Um, but I'm also on that agency as well, which is called La Bella Assiette. Um, and again, there's many, many chefs in there from all different areas. Whoops, I dropped my pencil. That's never good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's essentially it. And that's what we're talking about. It's a pretty short episode. Um, but I think uh, going back to a previous episode, last episode, uh, where we talked about breakfast. And at the end of that, we did a Q&A. Again, I still, you know, please, guys, keep sending me in questions, um, you know, or anything you would like to know, whether it's recipes or some knowledge or inside knowledge about working inside the pubs and, and hotels and things like that. What happens back of house? You know, do these stories really happen? What are the secrets? Anything like that. You know, send me questions. I'm happy to answer them. For now, though, we'll go back to my uh, Cora app, which I told you about last time, which is a great question and answer app. You create a profile, um, a professional profile, a bit like LinkedIn, and then people ask you questions uh, surrounding your area of expertise and knowledge. Um, so, you know, I've got a few new questions here. Uh, where we go? Let's go for the top. So why do some people order a filet mignon well done? Well, that's because they are the worst people on the planet. Uh, no, but seriously, when someone orders a steak well done, oh, it's just horrible. I hate doing it, but we do it. You know, these people are spending money at the end of the day, and they are asking it done how they want it done, so that's how they have it done. If they want it that way, then fair enough. But I can't say I agree with it. Why people order it that way? Probably because they just don't like, they don't like blood, do they? They don't like meat. They don't want to be reminded that that was an alive animal you know but whatever that doesn't bother me but it bothers some people um why does the ice cream machine at mcdonald's often not work <laughs> um i've no idea i've never experienced that mainly because i never order ice cream when i go to mcdonald's um but uh i don't know i've heard what i've heard this before and i've heard one person tell me that it's because it's probably 
not true, but uh, that they that it doesn't work because it encourages you to come back next time and hope that it does work. Um, so you end up coming again. Um, but whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, have I got any more questions here? I filled out loads of these questions the other day, so I'm running low on questions on here. But uh, where we go? That's, no, that's kind of boring. What are some kinds of British fish that is better not to eat? Um, not quite sure what that question that question means, but if I have to answer that, I'd say one thing I'd say is probably cod, um, purely because obviously we know. You know, a lot of you might know a couple of years ago, a few years ago, it was ages ago now, Jesus, um, that, uh, you know, there was a big shortage of cod. It was over-farmed, it was over-fished, um, which caused a massive issue. Cod skyrocketed in price, um, and yeah, it just became, it became very hard to get, and obviously, like, fish and chip shops and takeaways and stuff like that really, really struggled. Um, so, you know, if I could say, I'd probably say that, purely because as well, because of the fish and chip shop takeaway thing is all of them do cod and chips so you know i think it's probably it might it must be the most consumed fish in this country so if you cannot eat a fish don't eat the most consumed fish eat something different because you want to spread that out you know you don't want to keep everyone if everyone ate the same stuff all the time we'd run out of it and then we wouldn't have that anymore then we move on to the next thing then we'd run out of that if everyone spread out a bit then you know stuff would stay alive longer it has more tr- more of a chance to reproduce and keep keep being alive so yeah i stick to that and to be honest like you know if i ever get a fish and chips takeaway fish and chips which i do occasionally because i'm british and i absolutely love it um then you know i like to order the haddock instead because frankly i don't particularly i don't even really rate cod that much i don't know why everyone does you know i don't i think cod doesn't really taste of anything it, you know it's, i sort of always think cod's a bit sort of boring so, you know, I always order something different like um, like haddock or if I go to a restaurant, I like to order sort of a weird different fish that I haven't, either haven't heard of or don't eat very often or see very often because, you know, it spreads it out and also you get to try new things and it's more interesting and, you know, you'll be surprised. The amount of fish that tastes so much better than your basic cod is, is well, pretty much all of them do. So, yeah, I think... Is there any more questions on here at the moment? I don't think so. So requests over there. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for a minute. I'll have to search through another time to find some more questions. But we'll get them ready for um, the next podcast. Um, which again, as I said before, I'm already. I mean, I'm only episode three in, but I'm struggling to think of um, uh, subjects. I mean, I can think of subjects, but subjects that will last long enough. I mean, frankly, this. I don't think this episode was long enough. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of want to aim for the sort of 45 minutes to an hour hour slot. I think that would be kind of really good. But um, but obviously, maybe I'll have to talk about multiple subjects. Um, well, you know, I might work that in next time. Um, as I mentioned as well, a long time ago, uh, about special guests. I definitely want to get some special guests on board. I've had some really good feedback about my first couple of podcasts from people that want to come on the show that are my friends. Um, so, you know, this guy called Will Lamerton does my, uh, does a lot of my photography, um, and works with me with my social media. He runs a social media company. He's a partner in that. And, um, so I really want to get him on board, maybe talk about photography, talk about social media, um, talk about the importance of social media when it comes to the restaurant business, um, when it comes to chefs, um, you know, and talk about, um, and, and obviously, f- and, and maybe try and work some food photography in there as well for you amateur ph- uh, photographers and for chefs that, you know, trying to take better photos of their food. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit more of that going on. Um, so, yeah, he's really keen to get on board, which I'm going to get uh, once summer's out of the way. 
Um, you know, I'm going to start having a bit more time on my hands, hopefully, so, you know, I can start arranging more of this stuff. Um, also, hopefully, we'll be uh, seeing one of my very old friends a lot more soon, um, my good friend Kai. He's also a chef, um, a very good chef. And, um, you know, so hopefully we get him on board. You know, he's worked in some, you know, he works in a sort of hiring hotel at the moment. And, um, you know, so we get some a little bit more insight knowledge about how kitchens run and how the engine room works and things like that. Because, you know, he, he experiences it a bit more than I do. Um, you know, I'm a much more slower paced, uh, you know, live in Devon kind of guy. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out from him a bit more about the fast pacedness of everything and, the, and stuff like that. So, yeah, and also I mentioned, and, and uh, my good friend Ash and uh, my cousin Chanel, um, they're obviously they're big gym freaks. They uh, Ash is actually doing his own podcast at the moment called uh, Behind the Barbell, I believe. Um, it's really, really, really great series. He's, he's pretty much been doing it at the same time as me. I think he's on episode three as well. So um, definitely check him out because, um, you know, if you're anything to do with fitness and sports and, um, you know, about eating healthy and things like that, definitely check out his podcast. And hopefully we'll do some crossovers. I'll, I'll jump on his and he can jump on mine and we can talk about um we can talk a bit more about uh different recipes and different ideas how you can make your healthy food less boring um that'd be really cool but yeah again anyone else wants to get on board has something they want to convey about food or the restaurant business or anything like that that'd be really great get you know get in contact with me and we can have a conversation and um hopefully get some information out to listeners but yeah apart from that i think that's it um it's been a great little podcast, episode three, um, private dining, dining, dining. Wow, can't even talk. Great, great sign-off show. No, seriously though, yeah, it's been really good. Um, and I'll be busy thinking about my next episode, and hopefully we'll do one later on this week and get it out to you guys. But thank you all very much. It's been Joe Dibley, and this has been thinking about food. Goodbye. <laughs>